0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast, I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And with your spirit.
0: To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy.
0: Christ, have mercy.
1: Christ, have mercy.
0: Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy. mercy.
0: Let us pray. May the venerable intercession of the glorious Virgin Mary come to our aid, we pray, O Lord, so that fortified by her protection, we may reach the mountain which is Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever.
2: Amen.
1: A reading from the prophet Zechariah. Sing, rejoice, daughter of Zion, for I am coming to dwell in the middle of you. It is the Lord who speaks. Many nations will join the Lord on that day. They will become his people. But he will remain among you, and you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. But the Lord will hold Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and again make Jerusalem his very own. Let all mankind be silent before the Lord, for he is awaking and is coming from his holy dwelling. The word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
1: O Blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father.
2: O Blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father.
1: My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour.
2: O Blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father.
1: He looks on his servant in her nothingness. Henceforth all ages will call me blessed. The Almighty works marvels for me. Holy his name.
2: O blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father.
1: His mercy is from age to age on those who fear him. He puts forth his arm in strength and scatters the proud-hearted.
2: O blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father.
1: He casts the mighty from their thrones and raises the lowly. He fills the starving with good things, sends the rich away empty.
2: O blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father.
1: He protects Israel his servant, remembering his mercy, the mercy promised to our fathers, to Abraham and his sons forever.
2: O blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father. Alleluia, Alleluia.
1: Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus was speaking to the crowds when his mother and his brothers appeared. They were standing outside and were anxious to have a word with him. But to the man who told him this, Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: I hope you don't think I'm being too self-indulgent, but um, we've taken the readings for the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Um, and it's only an optional memorial in the calendar, which um, I think is a little bit of a shame. But we've taken this feast because um, it's the anniversary of ordination. <laughs> Nine years ago, I was ordained on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and um, every year, you know, even though it's an optional memorial, I kind of interrupt the liturgical cycle just to turn the attention to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, the gospel that we have here from Matthew. Um, it's, it's curious because it, it sounds like Jesus is being a bit dismissive of his mother. She's obviously appeared while he's working. And in similar instances, you know, we hear the reason why is because she's worried about him that, uh, you know, he's not eating enough or not sleeping enough. And, and so, you know, that motherly heart, it, it just keeps looking out for the welfare of her son. But the arrival of his mother becomes an occasion for Jesus to turn to the crowds and to teach them, well, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Who is my family? Uh, And we hear that famous response, anyone who does the will of my father in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. Now, I think this is an important moment because it reveals what Jesus has come to do. He's come to establish a new family. He's come to join into one all those who do the will of the Father and look at the kind of intimacy into which Jesus draws them. The closest of family bonds, mother, brothers. Now, I suppose we all know the tensions of family life, but but what is it that we all share? It's the gift of life. It's all come from our parents, from our father and our mother. We're brothers and sisters because we've received their kind of life. And here we see Jesus showing us what he's accomplishing for his disciples, drawing them into the family by giving them the kind of life which comes from the father. To truly become a family, not just like a family, but a family that is able to pray together to our Father. Because that's what he is. The one who has given us his kind of life. And that kind of life which leads to eternity. So who's the first in sharing that kind of life? Who's the first to be united by the Son in the new family of the Father? It's Mary. It's his mother. She was declared by the Archangel Gabriel to be full of grace. And throughout her life, she shows that she is indeed the one who does the will of Jesus' Father in heaven. You see, Mary has a claim to be the mother of Jesus, not just in the order of nature, not just because of biology, but because of grace and the way that she responds to grace. I think in this moment, Jesus isn't pushing his mother away. He's actually drawing his disciples closer and holding his mother as the icon, as the example, as the greatest of all disciples You see, Mary and Jesus, they're they're so closely ordered toward one another. Jesus points to his mother and says, well, she's the one who did it perfectly. And Mary points to her son and says, do whatever he tells you. Now, there's a pretty powerful combination. What an amazing duo. Now, in the last 40 years or so, Um, we've gone through a period in the church's history where, you know, we've been downplaying Marian devotion. You know, we've sort of gone through this phase of, well, um, we need to be focusing on Jesus more, um, and and Mary serves as a bit of a distraction. So, you know, we've gotten rid of a lot of Marian devotion. Um, And I think with that sort of wind blowing through the church, or or certainly, you know, aspects of the church over these years, we've, we've grown somewhat comfortable with the idea of Mary as the first and the greatest disciple, you know, the one who's an example to us. But I think we've grown increasingly uncomfortable with Mary as our mother. And I think that's really sad. And, you know, on a day like today, the the, the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, I think it's an opportune moment to actually point to Mary, not simply as the one who is an example of how to do the will of the Father, but also as a sign of what Jesus has accomplished for us. He's made us into a family, he's made us sons and daughters of the Father. And because of that, we take Mary as our mother. If we take seriously the fact that Jesus has made us his brothers and sisters, then we need to take seriously that he's also given us his mother. You know, it's, it's one of the last things that Jesus did. It's kind of his last will and testament Turning to his mother, he says of the disciple that he loves, you know, which is you and me, right? Woman, this is your son. And then to the disciple that Jesus loved, he says, this this is your mother. Do you imagine for a single moment that Mary didn't listen to the command of her son and didn't take this disciple as her son What we know about Mary is that she accomplishes the will of God. And, and, you know, in this most precious moment as Jesus suffers on the cross and he asks his mother to receive a new son, that she didn't do that with every ounce of her being. She became the mother of this disciple. And this disciple, that's you and me. Do we imagine for a moment that she hasn't taken us as her children? But, my brothers and sisters, and I mean that literally, my brothers and sisters, we have a mother, a heavenly mother, that Jesus asks us to take into our homes, into our hearts. Certainly as an example of how to be a disciple and how to accomplish the will of the Father, but also because of what Jesus has done in establishing us as a family. She's our mother now too. I'll finish with a famous quote from um, St. Maximilian Kolbe. He, He famously said, Never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. Absolutely. Mary's not the one who stands between us and Jesus. She's the one who constantly draws us into the life of her son and gives us the invitation to do whatever he tells us. But neither does Jesus say she's kind of an optional extra. He's drawn us into his family, which means Mary's our mother too. So on this Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, I think it's a a worthy opportunity to take Mary once more, as the beloved disciple did on Calvary, to take Mary once more into our homes, into our hearts, because she comes with her son to make of us the family of God. One last little request. Say a prayer for me, would you? Health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will